Hey there, guys and ghouls. You're tuned into broadcast from the Belfry, a comedically Lovecraftian podcast for the morbidly curious. My name is Sanjay. I am gassy. I've been burping a lot, and across the internet is Georgia, who's also been gassy and burping a lot. How are you doing today, George? Going about her, fine. Her mouth farts. Yeah. Everything's fine. So today. This isn't regular feed content, you know that, because we are doing spookier stuff. Woo! Spooky. It is literally Halloween, so... Oh yeah, happy Halloween, guys. Uh, or as Ashnika would say, happy Halloween-y. Uh, we will be playing Call of Cthulhu today, which Georgia plays every week. I completely forgot the name of the system, that is what that was. Um, so yeah, we're going to be playing Monster of the Week today. Uh, yeah, I think we just kick it off to our keeper, right? Yep. Trent, aka Brandon. Sweet. Uh, you <laughs> oh, know him. Hello. You love him. Um, <laughs> hi, guys and ghouls. Uh, so tonight I'll be your keeper of arcane lore uh, in the world of Call of Cthulhu, 7th edition. Uh, tonight we'll be running a scenario called Crimson Letters. And uh, this, this particular scenario will center around uh, a, a strange murder in the environs of Arkham at Miskatonic University. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shock and surprise. <laughs> What's a Daisy doing here? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, so uh, what I'd like to start with is uh, let's do a quick round the table, and we'll start with Georgia. Go ahead and give us your character's name, and give us uh, you know the lowdown of what she's all about. Um. Okay, I'm not ready. My character's name is Josephine, a.k.a. Joe Malcolm, and I was born in London, but I live in Arkham and had my accent bullied out of me as a teenager. And I work as a museum curator. I'm not talking about my own life whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> and I work as a museum curator in Arkham. The end. That's all I got. Lovely. All right, we'll uh, kick it over to San Sanjay next, and uh, go ahead and tell us about your guy. Well, hello there. Uh, my name is Douglas Jeremy Sipple, but my friends call me Doug Sipple or Dick Sipple uh, to my enemies, which is my game master today who did call me Dick Sipple uh, right before we started. So I'm a, I'm a humble bartender from the South that has moved up to Arkham. Uh, this is not me, of my life as someone who is also from the south and is now a bartender in another city. So thank you kindly. I don't know anything else about this system because I've never played it before and I did not do research because I'm not a nerd. So yes, that's all I've got. Too busy pouring those libations. All right, over to our third player, Shannon. Hello, I, I'm Shannon. I work as the sound editor and tonight I get the uh, privilege of getting to play. I will be playing uh, Victor Hazelbaker. Victor Hazelbaker is a, he's an explorer of certain renowned properties. He comes from the UK and he travels around quite a bit and um, he happens to find himself at uh, regular haunts of the Mixcatonic University. All right, lovely. So uh, the curtain opens. Uh, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> the three of you have been summoned to the Dean's office of the university. Uh, you have heard a mention of the death of a faculty member, one Charles Leiter. Uh, 
he died a few months back in September, and now it is actually it's about a month ago because it's October in the, in our setting today. And he's uh, it's not entirely clear to you. Uh, you two of you do have a fairly good reputation with him. Uh, Joe, you occasionally uh, assist them. Uh, occasionally, they will put their artifacts on display in your museum uh, when they've got an ample collection available. So you're familiar with many of the faculty uh, in terms of the archaeology department. And uh, Victor, you are familiar because you have assisted them on expeditions to collect said artifacts from time to time. You've done a few of these. Uh, you're a bit more coarse than the collegiate types, but uh, they they find your skills invaluable. Oh, old Charlie boy. Love that guy. <laughs> well, not anymore, you don't. <laughs> R.I.P. Charlie. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so uh, our scene opens. Uh, you've, you've opened the door and walked in to find a smartly dressed man, middle-aged, sitting behind an ornate desk. And he says, Ah, oh, just the people I've been wanting to see. Please, please, sit down. He beckons to three chairs he's prepared ahead of time. It's a very thoughtful gentleman. Well, I'm sure you've all heard about the mysterious death of our Professor Leiter. Um, I'm at a bit of a bind here, because as it turns out, uh, a few of the articles that he was charged with assessing uh, from a recent procurement from the uh, Cobb family estate have uh, gone missing, and we, uh, the articles have been catalogued, and now the family is threatening a suit and I can't afford to have the Miskatonic University's good name dragged through the mud. So uh, I am tasking you with recovering these articles and putting these uh, whispers to bed. What's the Dean saying? Uh, there is a plaque in front of him that says Dean Bryce Fallon. All right, my character will uh pull out a shiny silver cigarette case and tap one out and light it up and says, Well, Mr. Fallon, I can assure you, uh, anything to uh, clear this noble university's name, I will see to personally. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I would appreciate if you could expedite your investigation as... As I've said, the uh, the university's reputation is on the line, and uh, I simply cannot afford any quibble on this matter. Uh, so uh, just a little bit of salt and pepper for you. Uh, the uh, estate where these come from, these articles, uh, about four months back, the Hobb House estate, owned by the Cobb family, uh, there was a sole resident of the house named Joshua Hobhouse. Uh, he passed away, seemingly of uh, old age, and behind, uh, upon investigating the estate, the legal team discovered numerous historical papers, diaries, and, and the like, 
dating all the way back to the Arkham Witch Trials of the 1690s. You can imagine uh, why we'd be interested in such articles. Uh, we intended to assess them for historical and intellectual reasons. We, we feel like uh, copies of these make wonderful additions to our mm, more private selection in the library. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are extremely valuable to anyone, uh, with a historical mind. Uh, the, the Cobb family inventoried the papers, uh, very extensively and have found multiple, uh, items missing. Um, uh, namely, a, a bound sheaf of, uh, pertaining to the witch trials themselves uh, discussing specific evidence of witchcraft so it's said anyway I don't put, put much stock in these things but you know <laughs> their historical significance is not to be overlooked um, there are a, a few people on campus I think might be worth talking to uh, and uh, I'm attempting to rid us of the body as quickly as possible. Um, we, I intend to have it cremated uh, very expeditiously and uh, I, would, I would like any trace of these rumors about my staff to be quelled post-haste. Uh, so, let me uh, provide you a short list of people of interest that you might want to discuss these events further with and see if you can suss out what's going on here. Uh, first, firstly, he had a uh, assistant that was assigned to him, a uh, uh, Amelia Court, one Amelia Court. Uh, she's a postgraduate student of ours, very bright young woman. Uh, she was assigned to assist him in uh, assessing these items that were recovered from the Hob House. Uh, she seemed to get along fine with him, so uh, I see. Uh, I would assume talking to her would be a wonderful idea, seeing as she probably has first-hand knowledge of his dealings. Um, there is a, another Dr. John Wheatcroft. He's a physician, a tutor, and a sometimes coroner. Uh, he's he has uh, had first-hand experience with Professor Leiter's corpse, uh, but. Uh, I warn you, they do have a bit of a tenuous history, the two of them, uh, so I, I hope you will be forthcoming, but uh, one can never know. I'm simply too busy to handle this firsthand. Oh, I'm, I apologize. I really fucked that up. My bad. Uh, Harland Roach is actually the rival ac academic. The, uh, the coroner is still who I gave the name for, but is, is not uh, <laughs> not a academic rival of his. That would be Harland Roach. I'm sure uh, he has more associates, but uh, I, quite frankly, couldn't give a damn about the man's private life. Uh, our relationship was strictly professional, and I don't care <laughs> to uh, fraternize off the clock with many of my staff, as, and especially this one. He's... Uh, Put a bad taste in my mouth, shall we say. 
Um, the uh, as far as I've been told by our uh, physician Wheatcroft, he had some sort of violent seizure, something like this. Uh, but that's that's uh, the extent to which I understand his how he met his end. That's I uh, think that's, and I can also give you keys to uh, Professor Leiter's office. Uh, hopefully, you can scrounge around and find something valuable. He slides the keys gingerly across the desk. Any uh, any investigators wanting to engage with him here? Um. Um. Well, to Vic, uh, the death of Charlie is is probably you know very surprising. You know. Um. Mr. Dean, um, would you mind telling me uh, the means of death uh, that had happened uh, to uh, our dear poor Charlie boy? Well, as I said, uh, Dr. John Wheatcroft uh, simply said violent seizure. I, I really am not a medical man. I, I, I would deign to say that he'd probably be the, your best bet on uh, giving you more detailed description of the man's last minutes. Um, I, I, I'm afraid I must insist that, uh, every piece of evidence must be catalogued, evaluated, and retained. Uh, I would, I would like to keep a tight leash on, on this entire situation. It's already gone far too out of hand for my liking. And, um, what makes you think that we are best qualified for this when well, police me, exist? Well, as I said, I'd like to keep this under wraps, and two of you have fairly decent uh, relationships with the college. As for uh, Mr. Sipple here, uh, I, I uh, understand he's a good friend of uh, Victor here, and uh, a close confidant. I, I, I've come to understand that Mr. Sipple helped, uh, helped out on an expedition, I believe, uh, with Mr. Hazelbaker, and uh, if Mr. Hazelbaker vouches for him, that's good enough for me. But absolutely, uh, Sybil here, absolutely, um, well, he's a pip, he is. Uh, only man I know that can make a uh, Manhattan on uh, stormy seas, isn't that a right? What? A Manhattan? With liquor? <laughs> well, this was some years ago, you have to understand. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, of course. Ha, ha. Of That's course. the devil's <laughs> Oh, nothing of the sort. Uh, it's mostly about the Constitution we try to apply to others and the care that we put into our I don't want to hear about any of you drinking giggle juice on my grounds. Of, of uh, what, what does uh, Douglas Sipple look like? Uh, so Douglas Sipple is a little bit on the shorter side, around 5'6", you 5'7", know, five, five, which apparently is short worldwide. I learned that this week. Who knows? Uh, he is a little bit on the chubbier side as well. A real hefty man. He's known to throw a drink, also to enjoy some good food with it. He has very long braided hair uh, that goes down a little bit past his shoulders uh, and very like, expressionless eyes. He's seen too much stuff at this point. He can't be bothered to react. Uh, anything that's come across him once, he expects to see again. So uh, I assume that's also... The relationship that you have with him, uh, he's calm under pressure because he's seen everything twice. So uh, generally, does yeah, wears a just vest uh, with a, a button-down shirt, always rolled up, right below the or rolled directly below the elbows. Have to make sure you've got use of your arms, and yeah, that's a uh, that's Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Let's 
Plus, he looks like he's got some meat on his bones, so I imagine he can, if you need a little bit of muscle, Sipple's your man. <laughs> I've been known to lift a thing or two in my time as well. But, uh, <laughs> don't doubt it, young man. <laughs> he, uh, fizzles his mustache. <laughs> Calm down, Dean. <laughs> I'm just imagining... Uh, not in a gross, sexy way, just in, like, a, you know, playful non-sexy way <laughs> of course nothing sexy nothing about sexy a twirled about mustache i understand <laughs> my character does have a curled mustache but does everyone have a mustache yeah, yeah. yeah. joe has a mustache too she's got a she's got a toothbrush mustache <laughs> she she's determined to keep it in fashion <laughs> she just a big glass of milk she just saw the charlie chaplin films <laughs> the moving pictures yeah i uh I, I would appreciate being kept abreast of uh, any further developments as as things progress it would be it would go a long way to put my mind at ease um, any uh, questions for me that you have joe you've been very quiet <laughs> yeah Always she's, just gonna say, <laughs> she's just gonna say this is a most strange request, and then get up and walk out. <laughs> oh, you guys could just not take the case, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the middle of curations. I've got to go procure some uh, instruments for our travels. Uh, I beg your pardon. And uh, Doug will also walk away. Just, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we're taking it, we're doing it. All right, well, uh, Good luck and good morrow and um, Godspeed. <laughs> I, I stand up and I, I take my bowler. You're hand. now in the room alone. <laughs> oh, did Dean leave as well? His own office? Uh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just, the Dean also is like, fuck these guys. He's gone back to writing furiously. I, I, he had yes, I, with, with him not even looking up. Oh, you're me, still here? I, I take my bowler hat off and I, I put it to my, to my heart and I give a slight bow and I say, don't worry, Dean. The good name of Charlie is, um, things will be done right by him. Then I put my hat back on. Save the bows for the king. Out me door. <laughs> no, I'm too cheeky. All right. <laughs> Queen, whatever. <laughs> nice. I, I walk out the door. Uh, I'm assuming both of you have just started absconding. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm just following Joe at this point. Uh, I, I didn't know anyone before except for you. I don't know who this is now, but it seems as if she knows where she's going. So uh, I'm going to what is... follow in suit. Not to uh, cross over, but we're all in this together. <laughs> I tried. To, I, I need some push to talk, but I wanted to clap because that's the next thing, and it's so upsetting. Also, okay, oh, it's it, this is a broadcast from the Belfry production. Tangent. So we recorded Monster of the Week uh, a few weeks ago at this point, and I followed someone on Twitter a couple months ago whose name is Burlington Throat Factory because that's hilarious, and I knew nothing else about this person. Uh, the two days after we recorded Monster of the Week, she tweeted, sometimes my job is cool, and uh, posted a screenshot of her Instagram. She was followed by Corbin Blue that day. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? I messaged this stranger so fast and said, what the fuck is your job where the heart and soul of the Wildcats basketball team follows you? Uh, and she's a marketer, so that, yeah. When worlds collide. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Um, but yes, I'd like to uh, follow Miss uh, Josephine. Uh, did anyone take the key? I did not, no. 
I will turn around, open the door. Sorry, Dina, one He's second. holding them. I just walk up. Yeah, I grab it and I upscond out. I'm glad I've got my top men on it. <laughs> I tip my head again. Top men. <laughs> what, is, what does Josephine look like? Um, she looks like 20s Velma. Wow. Oh, I love it. So glasses and yeah. all. Glasses, like bob hair, and then she's got like a like long sleeve. I imagine she's also wearing a vest, and then like a longer pleated skirt. Yeah, I should hope so. <laughs> Victor, are you I also wearing 20s. a vest? I mean, this is the twenties, after all. You don't want to <laughs> you don't want to cause a row in public. <laughs> uh, man, Mass hysteria. I, I do believe we can see your ankles, uh, and I don't want to. Calls a riot in the streets yeah, as we. I don't really want to embarrass you, but your ankles are showing. It's not yeah. the 1880s anymore. God. Damn, girl, that shin go all the way up. <laughs> uh, so, I think, yeah, Joe would head off to investigate these so-called cataloged articles and, like, actually check the catalog. Uh, I do want to just recon this a little bit. Uh, I, I walk the key, and you guys are far down the hallway, and uh, I just uh, call up. Good idea, Douglas. You you go with her. <laughs> so just so we're all clear, the college does not actually possess a full inventory of these items. It was a, a list that was inventoried by the legal team of the Cobb family. So were these items previously? I don't know if I should. I'll say it in my accent, just in case this is an above-the-table question. So, uh, if this, uh, if these items were not previously inventoried, is, is it to say that this is explicitly under the table and that we're to recover these as quickly and smoothly as possible without causing too much of a stir? Uh, the college would, the dean would greatly appreciate that. Um, there is, there is an inventoried list, but it is not at the college. The college does not possess it. I would just like to say that this is horrifically actually one part of my job. In real life. Keep in mind, I don't do your job. <laughs> <laughs> Details will be vague. <laughs> also, I've had an hour <laughs> to prepare this. Real king shit. Um, okay, well, then I won't check the catalog. I... We'll probably try track down this well, mm. I want to say track down the legal team and get what they have paperwork-wise. They have okay. this. And you want to you consult your team while I prepare that? <laughs> they I mean, me. sure. So as uh, Joe starts heading in that direction, I did just blindly fly, uh, follow just to make sure that uh, the missus was also taken care of uh, as I go procure my instruments as well. And it takes a solid probably 30 seconds until Victor, like, calls out, it, like, I'll stop on my heels and just, like, turn over my shoulder. Oh, I do apologize. Uh, maybe we all should go roughly in the same direction, or we should all journey together to make it a little bit smooth overall. I will, uh, <laughs> I'll hold the keys up and I'll, I'll give it a jingle, much like the Dean did to me, and I say, No, it's alright, you go ahead. How scary can someone's office be? It's me in real life. Fucking scary, my guy. 
<laughs> I doubt there's anything we'll find that'll uh, that could do much to us in this state. Uh, if you don't mind, let's go. Uh, let's go to the team. And yeah, I'll like Joe hand out to you and then gesture down the hall. I assume you know where you're going. I'm just here for the ride. I've been to Charlie's room many times. We we tossed back a secret bourbon or two. Um. I will just retcon and say that um, the Dean told you, uh, the Dean Fallon told you that the Hob House is in Ipswich. That is where I'm from in the UK. This <laughs> Victor. Which is, um, we're going to say this is going to be all day for you. <laughs> this is a, it's quite a drive. <laughs> And he has uh, left a note on one of the keys on the keyring uh, to a car owned by the university, uh, should you need it in your investigations. It's a little descriptor of it. Uh, Black Coop Parking West Parking Lot. I look at the note and I say, boy, this dude thinks of everything. this. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to go on a jolly ride on the college's dime. Alright, so uh, knowing that uh, it'll take you a day to get there and back, uh, do with that what you will. Um, and Victor, you are alone, correct? Uh, yeah, I was going to head to Charles' office. Charles' office. Alright, very good. Um, Charles... Work. So, so sorry. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Joe, Joe and Sip, uh, what are you guys doing? You, We're going to go to uh, track down the legal team to see what they did have, uh, like paperwork-wise. And I, yeah, that. I think it's just that. Okay, yeah. All right, just wanted to, in case I needed to find you later. Sweet. And oh. you know where, you said you knew where Charles's office was. Uh, is it just, like, close by, probably? Like, in the same building somewhere? Yeah, it's the, so this you're on you're in the university now, and his office is part of campus. Uh, he has a cottage. Uh, I believe that technically it's he has a office and a cottage. So um, his cottage is just outside the Arkham grounds. And I'm assuming the key to his cottage is as well on the key ring. Uh, no. Oh. Landlords, am I right? Oh mm -hmm. yeah, honestly, uh, and yeah, if at this point, if you had had a secret scotch or two, secret whiskey with this person, I am probably the one that provided it. So I would also yeah. know roughly, yeah, roughly the area. <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah, we are totally good to split up and search for clues. <laughs> at this point, I just feel it's sounding like Sipple is my chauffeur. <laughs> honestly, uh, I I had a thought and I completely forgot what it was. I'll remember it at some point. But there's a character that I accidentally I think made. Like sip into, uh, we'll we'll figure it out as we go. It's fine. <laughs> Very good. Okay, uh, you go. Uh, you go to the office then. Yeah? I do. Um, lovely. I approach the door. In lovely gold leaf lettering, it says, "Professor Lighter." <laughs> On the door. <laughs> I. <laughs> I do love the name of some of these people. Obviously, this guy's meant to be good. Professor Leiter, his arch nemesis, his last name is Roach. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a red herring. You never know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'll, I'll pull out the key ring and uh, 
Okay, uh, it works. You, you open the door. Go in. Uh, the lights are off. Um, there's a glint in the dark. Um, as you you look into this dim room, it's not terribly large. It's modest in size, um, as as many offices were. Most professors tended to take students in the uh, in their classrooms or have brief visitations here. Usually, just they were given cottages where they did a lot of study work as well. What time of day is it? We'll say it's 10 a.m. All right. Uh, is there windows in here? No. Okay, that explains why it's so dim. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as I said, there's a, a glinting of some kind of light, a fractal it, uh, kind of shining back at you in the dark. I take note of that, of where it is, and I reach for a light switch. Okay, you turn the lights on. Uh, pretty much the, the whole office is within your view. Um, Small affair with a single modest desk, some filing cabinets, a little fireplace even, it's a quaint, homey little office. On the wall is a shattered mirror, and uh, you realize very quickly that the glass shards were casting light back at you. And this mirror is wall-mounted? Uh, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Victor will, uh, he'll, he'll approach the, the scene of the broken mirror. Yeah. I see the only thing happening here, it seems like. Um, go ahead and uh, roll me a spot hidden. Got it, bucko. Mm. And for the first-time player, um, what is being rolled? And can you explain again just like how successes yep. work in this game? Yeah, so what what I'll have Shannon do and, and all of you when you roll, just because it'll help Sanjay kind of get the feel of this a little more quickly... Go ahead and read uh, the stat you're rolling against, and then tell me your level of success um, <laughs> along with the number, just so. Yeah. Uh, and so, so, just for a quick uh, benefit for Sanjay, spot hidden is like a search check, basically. You're just checking something. Looking for... Uh, so, essentially, the more you succeed, the more detail you're able to get from this thing you're expecting. And generally, the way that roles work in this game um other keepers listening to this don't come for me i i don't care about your opinions um so you will succeed typically when you do it but if you fail there's like a negative so it's not like uh how some dnd games are rolled like if you roll a search check and you roll a natural one it's like you see nothing things like, nothing of significance here as opposed to like oh you see it but then sort of a thing um and also i did stop the timer so we're not um there are also things of spin uh pushing the role uh so say for example you have a decent skill in it like something like 60 um and you, you know you roll something like a 70 uh you can spend luck points it, you have a little bar at the top so you can spend like 10 points of luck to make that a success or you can push the role which is re-rolling but you're putting yourself in a greater sense of danger so as an example let's say for example i investigate the mirror uh i fail and i say i want to push the roll uh you know something bad could happen like maybe i pick up a shard and i cut myself really bad something like that all right i trip on it and i get slashed something shitty could happen if you fail a push roll you're pushing past your boundaries of um you're literally pushing your luck yeah yeah that's Thank you, Georgia. Okay. And if you fail, something not good for you will happen. <laughs> and uh, you cannot spend luck on a push roll. You probably said that. Maybe you did. I, I didn't. I no. tuned out a little bit. Um, 
my bad. Um, I was <laughs> my mind was wandering. Uh, and as far as spending luck goes, uh, what things so you can't spend luck on a push roll? You you may not spend luck on a push roll on a luck roll because it would be impossible. Because if you spend luck, then your luck goes down, so you can't need <laughs> it. So it's like a yeah. Um, and you may not use luck in combat. I still find by those rules. Huh? Yeah, hardcore. This is this is original vanilla flavor, Call of Cthulhu. And what a resource does pushing use? Like, what do I? Mark? Uh, so pushing, pushing is kind of a fun mechanic. Um, you may either use the same stat again, or you, if you can justify it, this is like a, a narrative-driven campaign. So you were going to describe to me what you're going to do, and I'll tell you. You know, you can you can say, well, I'd like to use this stat because I'm doing this thing, and I will either allow it or offer an alternative stat. Um, but the thing is, you have to change the situation in some way. You can't just say, I'm going to push it and just re-roll it. it. It has to, you have to justify it in some way. So with the spot hidden, Shannon could, if like he failed, instead say, I'm going to push yeah. and uh, use, yeah. let's say, because this is still an office, um, use yeah. library use instead. Because he well, knows it's what he's investigating. But yeah, okay. if, if he's looking at books, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. A uh, good one I like is um, you're trying to break into a car and you use lockpick, but you fail your roll. Um, then you could say, I'm going to use brawl and just smash the window and get okay. in and okay. get in. Yeah. So that's a push. Yeah. yeah. Right on. yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. No, that's fine. It it does take a while to get used to mechanics. Um, I'll be perfect now. Don't worry. It's all locked in. <laughs> it's a steel trap. <laughs> nothing goes in, nothing comes out. <laughs> uh, so my spot hidden is 45, so let's see what I do. I got a 75. Um, you know what? Let's kick her off. I'm gonna push that roll. What are you doing to push the roll? Uh, so I, I had, you know, walked up to, um, I'll just... So you're just looking at it for the first go? Uh, yeah, well, I walk up to it and, you know, yeah. I don't see anything. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really put myself almost like I was, see what happened with the breaking of the mirror, like, someone punch it or anything um you know try to get there and let's i mean it's broken glass on the ground and, and um it's october in massachusetts but maybe my boots are a little muddy uh maybe it's possible that i slip on the glass with a muddy boot and i could take a tumble maybe so right, i'm gonna push this roll uh and that is a 58 so no nope, fail that is a fail okay as you look at this mirror um something very strange is immediately apparent to you as you get right up on it as you go to lean in and you see that it's partially melted the mirror Good uh, Lord. and at this moment um, the lights begin to dim there's a chill wind that begins to blow in this room and you hear thundering <laughs> footsteps <laughs> coming at you from behind um, and you are so focused on looking at this mirror that um, you don't really have time to react. And, and in fact, uh, your ears pick up two completely separate uh, footprints. And can I have the young hundred, please? Um, any any yeah. menu could give me. Um, They're hot dice. I should hope so. I'm so sorry. I'm looking for. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I rolled a four. 
Um, and give me a moment. That's the end of Vic. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna need a d6. Wow, holy crap. Um, you are walloped on the back of the head, and uh, as you feel this blow hit the back of your head, you go headlong into the mirror and, and feel some cuts on your face as you black out. <laughs> and, uh, the last thought that goes through my head is, that's what let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> that's that's what you hear as you black out. Uh, how much damage did I take? Or... I'll just tell you. So since we're playing Sanjay, it's just good to get that kind of stat info circulating around. You take seven damage. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, which, what are your hit points? <laughs> uh, I'm starting at twelve. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Sanjay, when you take over half your health on a hit, you uh, take, in one instance of damage, you take a major wound. Uh, so essentially what this is saying is like, it's kind of like, um, I can't remember what the term is in Monster of the Week. Uh, Harm? Yeah, but the... Uh, unstable? Yeah, unstable. It's essentially your unstable state. So in this state, if you sustain a major wound, essentially what needs to happen is you need to be stabilized and then treated in order to get the, the tick removed. Um, if, and you have to make, go ahead and make a constitution check, actually. I, I sorry, I should have let you do that instead of just telling oh, you to no, get knocked it's, out. It's fine. Constitution is weirdly my lowest stat, everything else. Wonderful. <laughs> yep. Uh, ooh, that is a success. Uh, that's a 43 versus 50. Okay, well, you stay awake. Um, you, your vision blears. Um, and I think that's a good time to cut over to the other team. <laughs> For that time, I was unstable because I got stabbed with a giant fucking trident. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was good. That was a good bit. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> Because Georgia thought she was in a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> I throw a lantern on the ground. Cool. You throw the lantern down, fireworks come out. <laughs> Lens flare. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> so we're driving? Question mark? Are you driving? I have the keys to the car. <laughs> That's true, you do. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Uh, well, this is a poorly thought out plan. Okay, uh, what I'll have you do is roll a track. Uh, actually, let's see, what is your track score, by the way? Ten. Ten. Go ahead and roll it anyway. <laughs> oh my god. Sometimes fun stuff happens. Forty-four. Would you, uh, like to spend luck on that or push <laughs> no, the No, I would not! <laughs> okay, um... So I, I'll allow, do you have track, Sanjay, on yours? You also have the base 10? Yep, I have the base 10. Okay, uh, I'll have you, while, while uh, Joe is sort of like trying to retrace their, your guys' steps and see if she catches a, a, any signs of Victor here, go ahead and roll a spot hidden as, as you guys were splitting ways. See if uh, I can give you a heading. I, I will say, uh, I, did, I did tell Sipple I was heading to Or search, office. whichever is... Oh, you told him. I, I I had the keys and I showed him. Like I'm oh, okay. in the office. So oh, very he, good. He knew exactly where I was. All right, we'll go ahead and role play that out between the two. Okay. Uh, as he said, roll spot hidden. Well, if he told you, then you know you know where the office is. I mean, it would be pretty easy for you to find. Okay, sweet. So yeah, uh, I think. 
yeah, I think I, I was following Joe initially, um, but if you don't know where you're going, I probably would double back to Victor and then just head to the office, if that's okay. Oh, we'll say you guys are together. I mean, you can you can leave her there, you can tell her where you're going, either way. Um, do it maybe... in that sultry southern accent you do. I'm, I'm very sorry, um, but I do believe that we should meet with my associate momentarily. He's not to be left alone for very long, uh, so I would feel very, very... Oh, he's different. perfectly good at handling himself in situations <laughs> like this. I'm gonna... Uh, Joel will just nod and be like, he seems like the kind of guy who shouldn't be left alone. The thing about a silver tongue is that many people want it for its worth, so he does not understand that either. So, if you don't mind... And I'll uh, start like heading back to uh, like back to the office to hopefully catch Victor, um, mm-hmm. and also go I guess in route. I do I do think we should speak to the the lawyers or to the law team if you go be okay with that later as well. I think they may have some information that would be very advantageous to us. But I do worry about my uh, my very short sighted friend. As um, Joe, after kind of rethinking your uh, strategy here, it occurs to you that you could either send a telegraph or place a phone call to this law office. Yep. (laughs) Uh, That makes sense. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) And you didn't even have to roll an idea roll. that would derail my whole plan. You know, sometimes the smartest people just... Uh, so, Sandre, if you, if you ever get into a moment where you're you're struggling and, and the team doesn't seem to be able to give you a, a sort of a tip, you can roll against your intelligence for an idea roll, and then you can sort of just ask me a question. Um, and uh, we'll see if we can't in role play suss, suss out, you know, wait for you to get started on the right path again. Right on. Uh, sounds good. Also, I've remembered. Has anyone watched Bridgerton? I have not. I've been Obviously. Okay, so the Duke's friend in Bridgerton, the one that is doing the fighting, is Corbin Blue. Yes. <laughs> He's not. I wish. It's my heart. Uh, in, in my head, that's who this character is. He's a short version of the like friend that is a bartender. Is like also just a very personal friend of this very high society guy, but just fights for his family. That's it. Just fights to earn money. In my head, that is who this is, but with, like, long hair that's braided back, so it's not as easy to pull. <laughs> and, which... and illegal liquor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. More crime. Oh, there's illegal liquor in there, too. Don't worry. <laughs> You're a tiny little Samson. <laughs> Alright, so uh, you, you guys go scuttling off to the offices. Um, n- not many people around. Uh, it's, you know, what, coughing and o- old people shuffling around older professors. Um, sort of with their noses buried in piles of papers as they walk, flipping through them, and um, students enjoying the weekend. Uh, the irresponsible ones, of course. The ones that are doing their jobs are in dorms. Anyway, you uh, as you go into the office building uh, and round the corner, you see uh, a very rot- uh, a rotund sort of man standing over... Um, uh, he seems hilariously feeble. Um, he actually kind of reminds me of um, 
man who I can't quite uh, conjure the name of at the moment, even if I could, it'd be obscure at best. Um, thinning hair, egg, egghead sort of look. He's got the round, thick frame glasses and a tweed suit. Um, he has he has his cane <laughs> braced in one arm, and uh, he's uh, oh my gosh, I'm so terribly sorry, and he. he He's picking you up, and he goes, I thought you were some sort of sick pickpocket. Uh, it, after your keys hit the floor, he notices you have the keys. Oh, oh my! Me. Yeah, yeah, he's picking you up. Uh, he's picking Victor up off the ground, and uh, he's like, oh my, oh my gosh. He's just sort of like smearing the blood. <laughs> he's like, oh, jeez. Uh, he just takes a hank, you know, and he's like trying to, as, as, yeah, oh my gosh, I, we, we must get you to the infirmary. Post uh, I, I like to imagine, uh, you know, I stand up and he's dabbing the back of my head and I turn around, I just have shards of glass like, just <laughs> jutted out of my face and um, I, with that much damage, I'm very concussed. And uh, I, I just look at him and say, that'll teach you. You must be a professor. <laughs> uh, you're, you're poking him in the chest and he's like, oh my gosh, he's delirious. Um, and as you look at him in your, your haze, um, you see a shadowy figure to the side of the door. It's almost like thin smoke. Humanoid in shape, but it's very hard to make out because, as I say, you've got blood running into your eyes now. <laughs> and it, it is hazy, but as as quick as it was there, it seems to have dissipated. I, the, I, uh, I, I, I and then the Professor Cox is here, and, and he's like, and then you two come walking in. You see this scene laid out before you. What, what are the two of you doing? What are you saying? What are you, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Oh my! Are the I'm assuming the lights are back to normal? Because mm -hmm. usually yeah, okay. they flicker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As I said, I assume this mirror was put together initially, and as much of it was not in our compatriot's face as it currently is. Uh, I think he might have gotten himself into a pickle. <laughs> I, I will I, I will see Doug walk in and I'll say, Don't worry, my friend. This mirror was broke before I got here. No seven years of bad luck for me. And I, I immediately kind of like fall forward onto the desk, like very much uh, still reeling from this fat, frail man's fucking Babe Ruth slug to my head. I'll walk over, like shaking my head and like try to you put a hand on your back and, you know, help stabilize you and look to Joe and nod my head over to the professor, the person that hit Victor, and kind of just like big eyes a little bit. Like, hmm? Are you sure you wouldn't like me to uh, take a look at his injuries here? Oh, of course he, you can. He sustained more before. <laughs> you definitely should, yes. Oh. Just describe to me uh, how you're, you're treating the victim. <laughs> well, to start with, um, I rolled a 22, which is a hard success for me. Against, uh, was this first aid or medicine? Medicine. Uh... Well, he'll need they're to... Both, they're both the same, so whichever you think is... Yeah, he will only need first aid to be stabilized since he is sustained. Okay. Well, they're both the same, so, uh, okay. either way, it's a hard success. My hard success oh, okay. is 25, so... Charlie, good. Um, um, well, uh, you might start by um, if you if you have any bandages. Um, uh, do you what do you have on you for materials for doing any kind of first aid? Uh, let's have a look. 
I don't think anything. But, you know, maybe uh, I wear a scarf. Oh, yeah, as long as there's nothing outrageous. <laughs> as long as you don't pull out a sutra kit, I think. I don't think I'll no. probably much of a, of a fuss. Okay. Uh, a scarf or a hanky or something. And All right, yes, you, you, uh, you definitely wrap his head to create pressures, kind of pushing in the little shards of glass because you're worried about uh, taking them out. And, well, we'll see you pluck them out. It's just well, superficial bleeding. Uh, as, as she's patching me up, uh, still almost in my concussed uh, state, I'm going to pull out a shard of glass from my cheek that's little, like, it looks longer. <laughs> it's like, you're like, when is it going to stop? And it finally comes out, and I just hand you this piece of mirror, uh, Joe, and I just say, he was looking at you, kid. Like holding it up reflecting yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just blood. <laughs> it's just dripping on the floor. Oh my goodness. Anyway. <laughs> beside himself. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I've done this. <laughs> he's, oh, he's, he runs his fingers through his greased hair, <laughs> what little hair he has left. And he's like, oh my, oh my gosh. You look at him, uh, uh, we'll say, uh, since the other two are busy, uh, Doug, you, you look at him and now that you can see him from the front, his tweed is very ruffled and a bit threadbare in a few places and clearly is not keeping up on his appearance. Um, so he, uh, he says, oh, uh, I'm terribly sorry, I'm, I'm, I've forgotten my manners entirely. Uh, my name is Professor Rocha. Um, I wish we could be meeting under better circumstances. Oh my goodness. Uh, and uh, he, he's like, he doesn't know what to do. He's sort of like, he's straightening your lapels. Just <laughs> blood from my like, face. We, we, must, we must get you to the infirmary at once. Um, once again, I'm going to make a quick roll just to see if my character has the, the mental fortitude right now. Doug, would you, uh, no. would Doug like to do anything in this situation? What's Doug doing? So I think, yeah, I was kind of just supporting Victor up until now uh, and just like looking at this guy as uh, Joe comes up and starts actually starting to heal some of the wounds and like get him a little bit more stable. Um, I think I'd like to do a... I'd like to see if I know who this person is, if I've seen them around or if I can infer anything about them initially uh, before like in or engaging with them directly. Um, okay. Um, do you have any sort of academic skill listed on your sheet? Mixology. <laughs> Anything um, more relevant to the college, maybe? Mixatonic university. What's your, what's your education score? It's just one of your core stats. It is yeah. 80. 80. Well, that with it that high, I would say you've been to college, and uh, I'll, I'll, hell, I'll say, uh, I'll let you say whether or not you actually attended college here. Uh, in the, in the spirit of us definitely not playing anything, any characters like anything about our real life, uh, Doug did go to college and did leave the university, uh, so he has an amount of education formally, but has not fully uh, fulfilled a degree. He, he dropped out to do real work. <laughs> um, exactly. work um, okay, uh, you had in your freshman year a, um, a colonial history class that bored you to tears, and you remember this incredibly dull man. Well, you sort of remember him. You remember his face. You, you knew you had a class with him. You can't... It's really fuzzy. You don't really, really caring all that much. <laughs> Sorry that my friend may have caused you a little bit of trouble. Uh, and that is Professor, and extend my hand to him. 
<clears throat> Professor Harlan Roach and shakes your hand up very quickly. He's just sort of like he's very distracted. He's like looking at he looks at you and then he looks over at Victor and he's just keeps shaking your hand. He's like hey, uh, while, while this is happening, <laughs> I just keep tipping my hat. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck in a moment. Yeah. Uh, and while uh, before the moment passes too much, we'll uh I'm gonna have you roll sanity for me, Shannon, for this weird thing you've seen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm also concussed, so if I succeed, I'll just chalk it up That's to that. That's a very easy way to pull it off. That is a 17 versus 55. That's a great success. I'm just concussed, everything's a little fuzzy. <laughs> uh, so that'd be a hard success. That's very good. Um, you uh, don't lose any. You, you think it must have been a trick of the light or bad electricals or maybe you just got bonked really hard and it's fucking up your memory. <laughs> just don't think any of this is making any sense. Oh, uh, sorry. It actually might have been the 71 and I read it backwards. Was it? Oh my god. That was the 71, yes. Okay. Um, okay, well in that case... <laughs> I, roll, roll, I, I, I the think opposite. I'm fine. Like, Man, it's so good. And then I like it just kind of... Like, <laughs> roll a D4. Okay. <laughs> That scene in Doctor Strange where all the buildings start warping together and getting off to see tyranny and everything. It's just like Victor's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. No. Um, and yeah, um, you, um, he's getting a bigger dimension. You're just sort of, you know, tremoring slightly. Could be your head wound, could be this weird thing you just saw. You're not really sure. It doesn't seem to matter to you at the moment, but your head's feeling pretty warm. <laughs> um, Yes, yes. Uh, let's let's not dilly dally anymore. We should we should get this poor strapping young lad off to the, the infirmary post haste. Uh, let's 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 go. He ushers you out the door. Um, uh, as we're being ushered out the door, uh, I, I did roll for something earlier <laughs> uh, just to see if I consciously enough would remember something. And uh, during this hubbub of being rushed out by Mister Roach, I'm going Professor to... Roach to you. <sighs> Professor Roach. Uh, I'm going to hand the keys off to Doug and I'm going to say you look but not at the mirror. <laughs> oh, uh, I assume it's kind of fast. Like I'm like turning oh, around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you like slip those into my hand and I like take a step back and like hand you off to Professor Roach. Uh, yes, I, I can definitely make sure I'm not in vain in this time of need. Uh, Miss Joe, if you could also stay with me, I would much appreciate your company while I clean up this office. Okay, but I'm gonna look at the mirror. <laughs> okay. I'll like, try um, to, like quickly like put my hand up so you can see like finger through the ring, like the keys flat against my palm and then close my palm again. So it's like without jingling, it's being like, oh, we we got shit. This. Uh, uh. I missed a great joke for through the looking glass. <laughs> Well, you definitely did. <laughs> um, as a, as they turn the corner down this shorter hallway, you hear Professor Roach go, Oh, you truly did go through the looking glass, my young boy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, I think that's a good moment to leave it. Yeah. Cool. Um, For this episode. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed a new system that I am not familiar with, but Georgia is. Uh, we had a great time. Hopefully you liked it, too.
Uh, Georgia just made a fart sound, but thanks for listening. We'll be back with episode two or part two of Call of Cthulhu soon. Uh, thank you again to Brandon and Shannon for being the audio and researcher of our dreams, for being the GM and player of our hearts. Uh, also, I love Shannon's accents. So good. Everyone only just get in the comments and talk about Shannon's accents. That's all I want. That's my heart and soul. Uh, is there anything else uh, besides, you know, uh, talking to us places, where to reach us, all the things that we're going to say eight uh, more times? No, we'll skip that. But um, speaking of Shannon's accents, can you do... um? Can you just do Aelin for the boys and girls? Oh, um, Aelin? Okay. Uh, in our um, D&D campaign, there's a dwarf named Aelin. Oh, yeah, he sounds like this, yeah. He's, he's gangly, yeah, down. Well, you're on the gang the brass crackings, yeah. Right. Right. And Usually after he one. says something, one of us says, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, thanks for listening to Clown Cthulhu. Uh, what do we say to the interdimensional uh, pasta people that are maybe listening to this podcast? Stay spooky! You already and, said thanks for listening. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and stay tuned for part two. Thank you for tuning in to our first episode of Call of Cthulhu. Will our heroes figure out the mysterious death behind Professor Charles Leiter? What is the meaning of this mirror? And will that shadowy specter make another appearance? Find out this and more on the next episode of Broadcast from the Belfry!